Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 26. Um, yeah, this one's probably going to be on a bit of the shorter side, as uh, there's some IRL stuff that needs to be done tonight. But, um, Hunter, what you got in your hand there? Yeah, so I have a cream of crab soup, which is delicious. Um, however, uh, <laughs> I would agree that is really fucking yeah. good. <laughs> however, I am finishing off a uh, Stella, and the main event though for this evening is Heavy Seas has like a like pack of craft cans that are spinoffs of their OG Tropicannon. So there are some original Tropicannon, some mango lime, and some pineapple. So uh, I've tried the mango lime so far, and that's what I'm going to have. It's very tasty. It's just a little bit more flavor on top of what's a pretty mild but tasty citrus IPA. Have you had uh, Tropicana and Cass? Because Heavy Seas is local. I uh, can't say I have. I don't recognize the name. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a chance, but like mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards Didn't the, stick the out. no. Yeah. Interesting, because you know you say there's a pineapple flavor, and about five minutes ago, like Cass hops on this Discord call. And the first thing I hear is, fuck, this is pineapple <laughs> So I guess that's a lead that's into Cass's if you want to tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, so I'm drinking a Toppling Goliath Brewing Company beer. Um, it was $10 for a tall boy. I didn't know that until I got to the register. Um, yeah, he, he puts them all down on the counter and I pick up that can. I'm like, oh, Cass, high roller today. And he goes, what, why? Like, is that what the beer is called? <laughs> I roller today, and the the, uh, the the cashier goes, "No, this can's ten dollars." And he's like, "Oh, well, I guess it's there, so I'll get it." <laughs> um, that's great. Yeah, I, I the uh, the can just like I saw the can, I was like, "Oh, I don't recognize that. That looks like it's that looks like it could be good." So I sent it. Um, it's called Pompeii Beach. It's uh, an IPA with pineapple and mango, and the pineapple and the mango really comes through in the flavor of the beer. Um, I think it's really funny, though, how they have, like, a note on the can that says, unfiltered beer, sediment is normal. Um, because you'd you'd hope that people just knew that if they were buying, buying, like, a hazy IPA? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, if you're going to spend $10 on a beer, you probably know what kind of beer it is. But, um... And you know maybe that, some like... Some of these, uh, yeah. rich people who are buying, uh, expensive IPAs expect their hazy IPAs to be filtered. Well, they that's that extra quite literally the opposite of what a hazy IPA is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the description for this beer is a, a tropical vacation in a glass. A fusion of mango and pineapple is introduced to our already fruity Pompeii IPA, resulting in a beer version of a fruity cocktail you'd expect to find at your favorite beach bar. And uh, I gotta say, it's that's a very apt description. All right, yeah, sounds pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. Um, unlike the other really expensive beer that I got a couple weeks ago, that I was like, you know, it's solid. It's good. I don't know if I'd buy it again. This one, I'd definitely consider getting again, even though it's on the on the pricier side. It's worth it. That's how good it is. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious what the alcohol percentage is on this. Um, they're legally required to tell you, right? 
I don't know if it's legally assume. required. I have no idea. All right. Well, I'll let Chase talk about his beer, and if I find it, I uh, will speak up at some point. But so far, I'm not seeing any alcohol percentage on the can. It's a ten dollar non alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cat didn't even realize he's not even getting drunk tonight. It's just a, it's just a fucking virgin cocktail. Yep. Well, there is an alcohol warning mm. on the can. That's just for the cool factor. You, well, you said it was from the states, right? Like maybe the states doesn't have the same regulations as Canada for their beer cans. That's true. I, I just kind of assumed that they were required to tell you how much alcohol was in it. Otherwise, I don't so think was... in the states they are. Yeah, maybe it's like a state by state thing because I have never had a beer in Maryland that didn't have the percentage on the can. So maybe in Indiana the rules are different. I feel right. like I remember trying to figure out like how much a like Bud Light was, and I had to look it up because it wasn't on the can. Hmm. But in Canada, yeah, they are on the can. So maybe it's right. like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, because this one is brewed in the States. Um, Decora IA, which we had a brief discussion about, and we believe is Indiana. But my geography is piss poor, and I don't know what the abbreviations are for every state. I'm, so I think you, I think we can quote you on that. It's Indiana. All right. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure. But yeah, Indiana. so I might actually have to do some Googling, because I'm not seeing any numbers on this can. But uh, while I'm doing that, Chase, you want to talk about your brew of choice? Yeah, uh, I've got a Ravens Brewing Co. beer today, um, and it is a collab with GV Zoo, which is the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Although when I first picked it up, I was like, hmm, what is GivZoo? Because it <laughs> looks like it's like all one word, but I'm now figuring out that it's probably the Greater Vancouver Zoo. Uh, it's called Social Butterfly Fruited Sour. Um and it says it has blueberry, blackberry, and raspberry in it. So it's pretty good. Uh, I think it's pretty subtle on the sour, but heavy on the fruit. I like my sours to kind of like slap me in the face sometimes. And this one oh, doesn't yeah. quite do that, but it is it is pretty good. It's very fruity, very sweet. So, so it could Just use a little thing. more sour, but it's good otherwise. Yeah. like You can definitely taste it, but it doesn't have that like lip-smacking sour taste that yeah. my favorite sours at least have. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting dick slapped across the face, it's more just like them resting their dick on your face. Yeah, yeah. If I if I was to go for a gentle suck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, at any rate, I did do the Googling, and it's 5.3 alcohols by volume. Alcohols? Yeah, yeah, That's it's a unit. Yeah, yeah, no, it has really? five alcohols in it. Yeah, there's yeah. like, there's yeah. five alcohols by volume. Okay, okay, you're 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 uh, pulling my leg, right? No, I mean all those numbers, like they have percentage by them, but like it's not actually a percent. They're really meaning it's alcohols by volume. Yeah, it's it's how many units of of alcohol are in there. Okay, on a, on okay. a scale I'm, of I'm... one to twenty, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so if you, well, had, if, if you hadn't figured out, yeah, absolutely fucking with you. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I did figure it out eventually. Yeah, the 1 to 20 scale helped me out. That was okay, yeah, I, I thought that might be too much of a tell, but I had to go for it. Yeah. I appreciate it. I was, I was lost. I wasn't sure if I was dumb or if that was just the most absurd thing that actually was true. Um, but before we get into the Valorant, I actually have a, a story that maybe you guys would appreciate and the listeners as well that relates to, you know, our love of craft beer. That I went to the liquor store this week, 
And in addition to the Tropicanon that I'll be sipping on tonight, I also picked up a pack of Victory Brewing Co. Golden Monkey. And for anyone who's from the Maryland area, you've probably had Sour Monkey at some point. And I mean, chances are you probably have had Golden Monkey as well, or at least have had the opportunity to have it because they're kind of cousins. But Sour Monkey is the cooler cousin, obviously. Um, and I tried the Golden Monkey last night. It was delicious. It was a nice Belgian ale with some cloves, with some light fruity notes. Like it was exactly what I want in, you know, uh, like a pale ale. That's not really an IPA. Um, but then I noticed that like I had this bad stomach ache and I was like, huh, maybe. And I only had one beer and I was like, maybe like there's some reaction going on in my stomach with something else. So I had another one like earlier today and the same thing happened. And I did some research and apparently certain different like brewing processes can like leave more yeast in beer and that can upset people's stomachs. And then sometimes people are only like bothered by certain strains of yeast. And I thought that was really interesting because I had never had any sort of problem like that before. And it really sucks because now I have four of a six pack that I really like the taste of, but make me miserable when I drink them. So that is unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard of that before. Considered butt chucking them. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I had not, uh, however, you know, then he might yeah, just upset an asshole, and that's that might be worse. <laughs> I think I might do that regardless of what's in the beer, just because you know my uh, my asshole is doesn't get a lot of use in the in that sort of uh, way. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it too much to say that we recently witnessed someone butt chug for the first time, and it was fucking sick? Dude, I didn't, not the fact I, that we could see their asshole, but like. The fact that someone actually did it was incredible, and I, I give major props to them. I, I got home, like, right after that happened, so I actually did not see that. Oh, it was oh, incredible. you missed out. Just, like, what, a, what an experience, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so at any rate, um, Valorant stuff. So... Uh, I'm actually just going to read out this tweet here because I don't want to paraphrase and butcher the the meaning of it. But uh, there's a tweet from Ye saying, In my opinion, Sentinels in general need a bit of a buff. Killjoy, Cypher, and even Sage to an extent are becoming pretty niche. It's too easy to bait out the util or get past it via movement abilities. Plus, entire alts slash setups for Killjoy and Cypher can be broken by four different agents with one to two $200 abilities or 200 credit abilities. Um, what, like a teleport for, what? for the cypher roll? I'm like, how is cypher roll being broken? I, I, I think that one in particular is more reference. I mean, I can, I can break Sagel if I tap him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like a, like the alt in particular is probably in reference to Killjoy and then like, but setups in general, like, Cypher or Killjoy setups, like, they yeah, can... Yeah, Cam and Tripwires are key parts of Cypher setups, which can... Yeah, right. and those can be, like, yeah, you can... I mean, the Tripwires, if you... You dog you probably through have them, a general you can drone idea, through yeah, them, you can... Wait, drone? I think drone... Breaks them, too? I think drone breaks them, but you'd have to run into it. Huh. Which is tough, because the drone is tiny. Right, I didn't know the drone could do that. 
And neither did I. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, mean, like, I, I I feel like I've seen it, but I haven't personally hmm. done it, so I can't say for sure. Right, but like shock darts, KO nade, raise nade, those can all break them. Um, yeah, okay. At any rate, one of the one of the things that I kind of wanted to touch on here is I think that with the the sentinel role as a whole, uh, perhaps with the exception of of chamber, but also chambers, traps uh, to to an extent as well, is you you're you're put in a situation where it either feels incredibly oppressive or it feels kind of weak. Uh, based on how exactly it's it's tuned. Um, and in a game in which defense in general is considered easier, uh, having like having a sentinel that whose setups are incredibly hard to deal with, um, with like abilities would absolutely feel very oppressive and make it really hard to push into. Well, but what you're saying is that are you agreeing or disagreeing with well, the I, tweet here? I'm not. I, I I would yes, in general, agree with the tweet. But I just think that the the role in general is is very hard to fine tune because it's I a think defensive role as duelist is an attacker sided role, quote unquote. I'd say I'd almost say more like initiator is the attacker sided role. Would you think that? I mean, I I would say like, that... I, would, I, I feel like initiators are the quote-unquote opposite of Sentinels. Yeah, but then you think of Fade and Sova as, yeah, like, I think really, of Duelists as the opposite yeah, of Sentinels. I would think of Duelists as the opposite, as the very like, attacker-sided um, agent. Yeah, because, like, if you have a setup on a site and you're on defense, the first person who's likely going to encounter your setup is a duelist in most cases. Yes, but I, I would argue that it is it is a sentinel's job, it, as, again, just generally speaking, it is a sentinel's job to keep you out of a site, and it is an initiator's job to break you into that site. Maybe, yeah, but initiators, initiators like, are incredibly good at delaying. Pace. I mean, we both sure. said exactly our points at the same time, so I'm not right. sure if either of them came across. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you. Uh, you I, I was just yeah, I was just saying that initiators are incredibly good at delaying pushes, uh, and so therefore, I think that they're more useful on defense than a duelist is. Perhaps I I don't think this has to do with like or I'm I'm not trying to make the argument on like who is more or less useful on which side isn't that and, what we're saying like what what agent well, no, class is my, attacker versus defender sided no no i'm trying to make the argument that a sentinel's job is to keep you out of an area and an initiator's job is to break your team into that area and i think i would qualify that a little bit by saying that to keep you out of the the sentinel's job is to keep the enemy team out of an area or make it extremely painful and expensive for them to take an area. Because if you kill three people and then die and they take sight as a sentinel, you've done your job. Like, that's well, yeah, fine, too. Of course. I mean, Before sure, I got... but I think that you can say the same thing saying, okay, a sentinel's job is to keep you out of 
an area, and a duelist's job is to take that space. Yeah, I, I think I, I kind of feel that this discussion is maybe not as important or interesting as the main question, which is, are Sentinels being, you know, marginalized to niche roles? I mean, yes, other point. than Chamber, which is, like, I mean, we can argue whether or not he's the same as other Sentinels, but the Sentinels, yeah. I think, are the most diverse cast of characters. Yeah, I think that when you look through what's happening with the Sentinels right now, it feels a lot like the the shifts that have happened in the controller landscape, where for a while there were problems with one controller surging out ahead as just the best. Like, when the game launched, like, through First Strike, Brim and Viper were just not terrible. Well, okay, Viper was terrible. Brim was, was solid, but not great. Viper was terrible, and then Omen was really good. So Omen was the pick in the meta. And then, you know, the Viper buffs coincided fairly well with when Astra came out, if I remember correctly. I don't know the specific dates of each. But either way, then Astra dominated the meta with Viper as like, okay, in some situations, on some maps, you're going to prefer a Viper. But a lot of times, both. Um, and then it was once they you know, then knocked Astra down while bringing Brim and Omen up that right now, I think probably for the first time in the game, we have a healthy balance of controllers and that it, it doesn't feel like any of them is, you know, weak compared to the others or strong. And I think that's where we need to get with the Sentinels because like Chase said, Chamber right now is just far and away, you know, the, the most picked Sentinel, both at the ranked level because he's fun to play and at the pro level because players with great mechanics can really capitalize on his abilities. Um, we'll have to see if the the uh, trademark reduction changes that. I felt like I talked for way too long there, but that's, that's sort of the parallel I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally see that. I think that, yeah, like as the tweet said, um, specifically like, like Sage... Cypher, Killjoy, becoming very niche picks, especially in pro play. Um, you see a lot of them in rank play still. I feel like most teams still have a Sentinel on them when I'm playing in ranked. Um, oftentimes that's probably a Sage, just because there are people that really like Sage. And, you know, there was a time when Sage had the highest win rate of any character in the game. Um, so I think that there's still like leftovers of that, of, of people really liking playing Sage and being able to like play back a bit. Uh, and you could say the same for other Sentinels as well, but I think Cypher and Killjoy specifically definitely becoming niche picks and not really, um, part of the meta at all when it comes to competitive Valorant. I mean, I think part of the scenario is like, you're, when you're talking about Sage, like at a, at a ranked level and not a professional level. Like, I, th I think Sage is one of the easiest characters in the game to just get value out of. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's reactive and not preemptive, like, from a playstyle perspective. Yes, but it bothers like, me so much that you said react. Uh, you didn't say proactive for the for the nice balance there. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I was thinking of that. I was thinking of the word and it just wasn't coming to my head. So I, I see, went I with see. I went with another word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, you know, at any rate, I I do think that that Sage is probably the easiest character in the game to just get guaranteed value out of. 
like I don't want them coming here. Boom, wall. Oh, a bunch of the a bunch of people are are trying to push in this way. Slow. Uh oh, the slow's wearing down. Slow again. Oh, my teammate needs a heal. Boom, there you go. Like it I I feel like the sage kind of at a ranked level gives guaranteed value in any given round. Um yeah, pretty whereas... guaranteed. I mean, you can argue whether or not that value is more significant than the value of a different player on on their character, but I feel like if if your aim's not feeling well and you're you're kind of like I I'm or just I'm better at setting up my teammates and delaying pushes and stuff like that, then Sage is very good at that. Right. Whereas like Cypher and Killjoy, if you set up on a site and they go to the other site, well, you got no value out of your kit. Yeah, and I think Cypher and Killjoy are really the, the the agents that are most worth worth, worth discussing because Sage is by far at this point. Well, I don't know about by far because Chamber is pretty unique as well. But the thing that Sage doesn't do that the other three Sentinels do is reactive info gathering. All of the other Sentinels have something that says, "Hey, an enemy is here," whereas Sage is all about the slowing down enemies and also the heals. So if we go back to Cypher and Killjoy, the problems with Cypher and Killjoy go back very far in my estimation, because immediately when Valorant launched, Cypher was significantly better, not only because he was the only info gathering uh, Sentinel, but also because his Cypher cages, uh, Cyber cages, not cypher cages. <laughs> I was like, something's off there. They also slowed when you were in them, in addition to making the sound. And they decided to remove that because they wanted him to be distinct from Sage. And then Killjoy suffered a similar issue where, granted, she was kind of busted at launch, but that was largely about her nano swarms not being tuned correctly. So they, they turned that down, and Killjoy was in a very good spot, until they decided, we need to make her distinct from Cypher, so we're going to make her turret and alarm bot just much more annoying to use. Um, because I'm okay with them not being global, but then when they did that initially, they were like, okay, well, you get a short cooldown to get them back. And I was like, okay, I can play around that. And they were like, never mind, screw you, Killjoy players. You actually have like a long cooldown for getting them back, and they're also not global. Which which feeds into what you guys were saying about you know the long having being screwed if they don't come to your site. So I feel like they need to fundamentally figure out how to boost KJ and Cypher's power level a little bit because they've sort of been nerfing them in comparison to other Sentinels, and th that just made them weaker over time. Yeah, I think Sage is in a pretty good place currently. Like, there's not yeah, there's not much to talk about there except like. Yes, at the pro level, she's pretty niche, but there are going to be a ton of niche picks as more agents are released, right? You can't see every agent. And, right. Like, that's not something we should be expecting. You know, it should be like, oh, like, a certain teams play it for this strat on this map. You know, that's fine for certain agents. And she but, has a home map being Icebox. Yeah, exactly. But, like, how often do you see Cypher? Rarely. Yeah. Mm, I feel like... You still see Cypher a decent amount on Split. And I, I actually saw... Um, there's a guy who runs a YouTube channel. I want to say it's called Thinking Man's Valorant. Who was talking about 
Cypher's value on Split specifically. And it creates a scenario where you basically have Cypher um, kind of like take a lobby on attack every round. Because you can, you can get your cam to like clear several angles, and then you can put your cages up to block off uh, line of sight from ramps and from like a site in general. Um, and get you into that like orb area. And he, he was kind of saying that like, if you put your cipher over there every round, um, you, you always have the option to also have the rest of your team there ready to explode onto site or explode into heaven. And the enemy team has is going to have a very hard time figuring out how many people are there um, because of the manner in which you can use Cypher's utility to to block that line of sight and the fact that he has his cam to to watch where where people are potentially holding and or peeking from um so i'd say that you and like i feel like you still do see a decent amount of cypher play on split specifically that's not to say that he isn't too weak of, a, of an agent but i do think that he is rather niche yeah but... i mean he's nowhere near like the the weakness of phoenix as an agent, but, like, you really don't see a lot of Cypher. And I feel like, you know, as Hunter, you are saying, I didn't know that his cages used to slow. Uh, yeah. Maybe we talked about it on a, like, podcast a while ago. I might recall that, but I pretty much didn't know that. And I don't remember if we talked about it either. I think that that's something that they should bring back, because now there are multiple agents that slow. That's right? true. That's a good point. And so... Like, it seems like there's no reason to differentiate him from, like, Sage in that way, right? Like, the cages yeah. are, what we were saying, some of the worst smokes in the game. Right. And so, you know, make him a little better, you know? Sl put a slow in there. While you're in the cage, you're slowed. That makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, for Hunter some could I interrupt? Real yeah, quick, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just really topic. quickly pulled up Liquidpedia and looked at the uh, round of sixteen in the current um, in the current open qualifiers for North America, and out of the six teams who played a game on split, uh, one of them had a cipher on their team. So at the pro level, still not great pick rate. Oh, right, it's on only one. Yeah, only one out of the six teams had a cipher on their team. Wait, do you know which team that was? Uh, I can look real quick. It was uh, uh, Soar. It was Soar. Oh, interesting. I'm surprised that it's that that low. Well, the thing is, Chamber is picked by everyone else on Split instead. Right. That um, kind of plays into what we were saying. Right, and I personally enjoy playing Chamber on Split. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you can play both heavens, which is really nice. Can play both heavens. Uh, Not that you can set that up in time, mostly. But uh, <laughs> pistol round strats, baby. Pistol round for sure. No, you can set it up in other rounds if you make use of TP shenanigans pre-round. So, like, you drop one in spawn, you go put one in one heaven, you teleport back to spawn, pick up the one that you placed in spawn, and then go drop it in the other one in the other heaven. But it, one of the things that I found it 
that I was not able to do in um in one round or in the pre-round timer is I can't trap up I can't put a trap on on B main and A main prior to barriers going down. Like maybe if I very fine tune um exactly where I'm placing my TPs, I might be able to sneak it out, but I then can't also set up my TPs in ideal scenarios or in ideal locations. I mean, yeah, that's tough. And I mean, that kind of just comes down to the map being split and the yeah. the thing, like the feature of that map is that the sites are very far apart. Right. So because I'm, I'm trying to think like, I know for a fact on ascent, I can trip A and B main. Um, and obviously this is going to be a moot point in 4.09, but you can't trip both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but currently I know on split, you can trip both. I know on bind, you can trip both. Uh, or not split, sorry. I'm saying I know on Ascent and Bind, you can trip both. On Haven, uh, don't know if you could do... I mean, it's not super relevant on Haven. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that on Haven anyway. Um, what other maps am I missing? I don't think there's any way I could do it on Breeze. I think Breeze is too far apart. Uh, Fracture, not relevant. But well, you I can can't get trip all trap. four. <laughs> I, I I can get my trips on any two that I want. On yeah, let, like let's buff Chamber so that he can be played on Fracture more. And you know, like even though he is played on Fracture, like pretty much a hundred percent of the time, uh, mm. we should we should give him four trips just so that he can go for all four entrances. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um. But yeah, I, I guess that's not a super relevant point because that's about to disappear. And I do believe we have gotten a bit sidetracked. Yeah, okay, so what do you think of the there. original tweet? Okay, I, I would agree that yes. Um, the I, I would say that specifically Killjoy and Cypher need a buff in some manner. But as I also stated, I, I, I do think it is a very fine line because if you make them if you make them too strong, it's going to feel really fucking oppressive. And so it's like. Yeah, it is a fine line. I... It's a very fine line that they've got to that they've got to walk. And I wouldn't mind. Well, OK, I say this right now and perhaps I would get very frustrated by it, but I'm saying I wouldn't mind if they oscillate back and forth trying to find the exact point. Right. Like. If we all agree that they're a bit undertuned right now, and then they come out with some stuff, and then we feel like, okay, now they're a bit overtuned, and then they try to bring it back, and now they're a bit undertuned again, and like I, 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 I don't necessarily mind them flopping back and forth across the line, so long as each iteration gets us closer and closer to that optimal point. But again, like I was saying, I, I do think that's that's really really hard to do with Sentinels in particular, more so than any of the other roles in the game. Yeah, I think I think a good starting place, though, without overthinking it too much, and I would be curious to see how much this would, you know, change the pro play, is continue to see how Chamber is doing and what effect this nerf has on him, and do what Chase said in adding the slow back to Cypher's cages, and 
change Killjoy's alarm bot and turret back to the initial change to them where they're, they have the same range limitation as right now, but you get them back pretty quickly once you pick them up. Because the problem is, in many situations, you may as well not be able to pick them up because if you're on one site and you hoover them up, now by the time you're in a full retake, you know how much value are those going to bring? And they might not even be up in time for you to use them. And then, you know, in a case where you're on offense, like what you used to be able to do, which was really nice um, when there was the fast recall, is you could have them on flank initially, and then you could move them to a post-plant setup, which was kind of a cool mechanic. I think they bring back those two things, see if the chamber nerf works, and that's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, see, I think that the pick rate of chamber is definitely lowering um, the value of these other agents that we are talking about, just because chamber can watch the flank and, you know, give that information passively um, that Cypher and Killjoy can, but then also do it better and with the rest of his kit is more useful to a team comp. So it seems like the, I mean, how good Chamber is definitely takes away from Cypher and Killjoy. Uh, Maybe with the nerf or maybe with uh, further nerfs, they can be more in balance. And you'll see some of the, uh, like, you see more Cypher and Killjoy come back into the meta. Uh, But then something about the tweet that we haven't talked about is that it's specifically talking about them being able to be um, destroyed, right? By, like, cheap utility. Which, yes, like, sure, you can can kill the, uh, like, Killjoy ult with a, like, an aftershock or shock darts or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like that's not the only thing in the game. It is like Ray's ult gets absolutely fucked by KO knife, which yeah. is a free yeah. ability, right? Like there, it's not the only thing that like they're not the only characters in the game that have this like hard counter. Yeah, I I agree with you, Chase. I didn't really you know, even pick up on that idea of the destructible utility and what I was talking about, because I kind of think it's a red herring that if you, as a Killjoy, which I play more than Cypher, you know, if I'm putting my setups the same way every round and they're getting destroyed by cheap utility every round, then, like, I need to have different setups. Like, if I have variety in where I'm putting my stuff, then, you know... You can't have a you can't have a shock dart lineup for every Killjoy setup and also hard read which Killjoy setup you're going to see. Um, that's just not feasible. So um, I, I'm kind of I'm with Chase in that. I don't know that that point has a lot of merit to it. Yeah, like well, there's I, plenty of utility that just gets fucked by the utility, and that's part of yeah. the game. And yeah. it's not something unique to the Sentinels that that needs to be changed. I okay. Now, I, I do think that potentially Killjoy's alt is just too easy to deal with. Um, but there are times where it's really not easy to deal with. Plenty of times. Well, Just not having a breach on your comp. Right, right. I'm saying, obviously, yeah. it, it depends on which agents you have in your comp. But, like, I think, for example, the... Uh, like the popularity of breach on fracture 
just basically voids Killjoy of becoming a viable pick on Fracture. Which, I mean, again, that alone is not a huge problem, because if a character is just not viable on a map, that's fine. Sova's not really viable on Split, and that doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, but in in general, I do think that Killjoy's alt is perhaps too easy to deal with. And I, I think if you're going to trade alt for alt, so like Hunter's Fury for Killjoy's alt, or Brimstone's alt for Killjoy's alt, then like that, totally fine. I don't think there's any issue with that whatsoever. But the... I, I think there's almost like too many things that can deal with Killjoy's alt, and there are so many agents, or like, because there are a variety of agents that have those abilities, odds are a one of them is going to be in the enemy team comp. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, a big issue, I think, with, with Killjoy's ult is that, because it's so fragile, the amount of places that you can put the lockdown where you need at least some sort of a lineup to destroy, it's not, you know, in the open, and also it covers a significant area to where it's worth investing, uh, unlike just a regular Killjoy setup where it's hard to know where to put your shock darts to break uh, alarm bots and nanos and stuff, um, there are actually relatively set positions on the maps that Killjoy is good on for her ult, just because you're kind of limited in your options in terms of what's feasible and what's actually a good ult. And that sort of makes it easy for you to say, oh, here's my KO nade lineup, here's my Phoenix, well... I don't know why I brought that up. Not as if anyone's playing Phoenix, but, you know, there's my Phoenix Phoenix, Molly lineup. Phoenix Molly doesn't break it. Mollies don't break Killjoy's shit. Oh, okay. So it'd be Shock Darts, KO Nade, or uh, Breach Aftershock. Um, Trying to think if there's one I'm forgetting. Or Raise Raise Nade, right. And I believe Raise Blast Packs, if they did enough damage, would also do it. Yeah, but having a lineup for blast packs would be kind of tough, I would think. Yeah, and that's also assuming you wouldn't have used them. So, we're, but either way, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of with you on that cast. Maybe they could increase the health so that it would still be destroyed by Brim and Sova ults without being just wrecked easily by so many other things. Yeah, but the the breach aftershock does just as much damage as like two Sova beams. You know? Yeah. Well, well, maybe you know, maybe there's a balance to be had. Maybe it eliminates some of the options, but not all of them. Um, right. And then, like, I mean, I think number one, a step in the right direction would be you can see it on your mini map. Maybe just take that away. Right. Like, if you took if you took away the ability to see it on the mini map, and you know that giant beam of light that goes up right from the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. If you took that out too. I think that'd make it a lot harder because it would give Killjoys the ability to slightly move it. And then your your lineups might not hit anymore. And so you, you kind of are, are guessing on exactly where the alt is instead of it showing up on your minimap and you being like, oh, it's right here. And does it have 150 health? I want to say know. it has 100 health. Rather than 150, I'm pretty sure it has 100 health and not 150. I'll okay. look it up because this is relevant, but I that's my gut feeling. Because I was thinking, like, maybe like, the shock dart nerf is partially a buff to that. You know, 
if your shock darts aren't hitting directly on, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to do enough damage. I'm wrong. It is 150. Okay. Uh, I, I thought so because I thought it took four bullets to kill it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be um, five bullets with a Vandal, though. I mean, sorry, five bullets with a Phantom. I don't know what it is for a Vandal. Is it five bullets with a Phantom? I think Pretty sure, four, yeah. Four to the chest kills with a Phantom, I thought. Four to the chest kills with a Phantom. Uh, Maybe at, like... Right, because if, if you're going four to the chest v four to the chest with a Phantom and Vandal, like, the Phantom's going to win because it has a slightly faster fire rate. Maybe maybe distance plays into it, but I feel like I was just going off of experience, which is that if I'm hitting only chest shots, I normally need five with a phantom. But that might be after a certain range, so... Because I think it's yeah. six with a specter. I think it's four with a phantom. Let's see. Well, I How have the wiki. Know that? Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. I might yeah. have to say <laughs> No, not actually. Um... Right, but Let's like I, I, I do think Killjoy's alt is perhaps just too easy to to deal with. Um, and then a hunter, while while hunter's looking this up, um, he and I spoke. Wasn't last night. I think it was the night before. Um, because I, I do think that one of the things we said in a very early podcast in relation to Cipher was that they should just make his alt not have or not need a corpse, to which. Somebody online made a comment about on Reddit, and I fully agree with it. If they remove the kill requirement from Cypher's ult, it would become one of the best alts in the game. Um, and after he explained his reasoning, I very much agreed with that. I don't so, think so. What's the reason? Well, here's here's the thing. I hard disagreed with Cass uh, last night or two nights ago when we talked about it, and then I came around. So I'll, I'll see if Cass can work his magic on you as well. Chase. Okay, okay, let's hear it. But, you know, before we launch into that, just so we don't get too far from it, I did look up the phantom damage information. Um, so inside of 15 meters, it is four to kill. Outside of 15, it is five. Okay. So 15 meters is the cutoff between four and five shots to the chest with a phantom, which 15... chest damage, I'm pretty sure, is what counts for lockdown. Yeah. Um, is 15 also the one-shot headshot range of the phantom? Um, yes, it is. Okay. Alright, so the the big thing with Cypher's ult is it, it would put it in a scenario in which right when you're about to burst onto site, if your Cypher could just pop his ult without ha without needing a corpse, it would it would literally do like a it's universal guaranteed info. And you would know exactly what angles you need to clear and which ones you don't, it would remove every 50-50. Like, you don't need a waste utility clearing out angles anymore, because you just know no one's there. And if you do it right as you're about to burst onto site, it doesn't give the person who got pinged the opportunity to relocate. I mean, depends so, on how deep of an angle they're holding on the site, but... Sure, but, like, if, like, uh... Like, let's just take, um... Let's take a scent site for example right if you, you've you've smoked off market or you drop your smoke with market you drop your smoke um ct uh your jet dashes onto site you pop your cypher alt 
you would know immediately whether someone's logs, whether someone's boathouse, whether someone's stairs. Like, anybody who is on site, their location is immediately given up. You don't need to clear anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are right. That is pretty fucking good. And so the kill requirement on Cypher's alt is kind of a necessity. And another thing Cass told me when we I were talking about I don't know if it this, makes it overpowered, though. Well, the, the, the flip side of it that Cass was uh, talking about is that if you can just pop the Cypher ult immediately at the start of the round on defense, and then you know, oh my god, they are all positioned towards A, or you know they're splitting mid and A. Now that gives you so much map control over the other parts of the map off the rip that, like, realistically if you're playing optimally like you'd have to like split push at least off the get-go whenever the enemy cypher had their ult on defense otherwise like you're just starting really in the hole when it comes to your execute true okay that that is really powerful is there a way that you can remove the kill requirement but take that like right off the rip ult out of the equation hmm um Theoretically, you could say you can't use it within the first 10 to 15 seconds of the round. I mean, the problem is then, like, you could immediately get a pick currently and then use your ult. Right. Right. Maybe maybe there's a kill requirement of there must be a dead body somewhere on the map. Ooh. Like, ooh, there's, I have no, an idea. there's no range limitation. Right. I have an idea that's a little spicy. I'm curious to see what you guys have to think about it. What if... You have to be looking at an enemy through your cam to initiate your ult. Seems like you don't have to pin them. Than needing a corpse. Yeah, that that seems harder. Well, well here's the thing: like, I, ideally, you're putting your cipher cam in a position where it's not going to be immediately shot. Like, yeah, if you're doing that, you're there are plenty of up. times where you don't have your cipher cam up because it was shot, but you want to ult, and your cipher cam's like respawn time is extremely long well maybe they decrease the respawn time as well i was just trying to think it, that that might not be the best idea but um i was trying to think if there was something that could be more interesting than just the cooldown because i think the cooldown would accomplish what we want of like oh you have to wait this long sorry not cooldown i mean the you know the post round start delay but that's kind of boring just like watching a number go down until you can ult so i was wondering if there was some other like more interestingly thematic way to do it yeah i'm i'm thinking there just has to be a dead body on the opposite team then you can ult from anywhere yeah like you remove the the visual like you need to have line of sight on that dead body to do it um and i'm is there a range limitation i've literally never played yeah, there is, no there, there is a range uh, so like a if range. i kill someone across the map like you know if i kill someone on bridge from like attacker side breeze like i couldn't ult that no no the the range is actually fairly short it's very yeah and that brings me to if the there just has to be one person dead thing was too strong one idea that i'm not sure if it would be practical but could also be really interesting is once a person on the enemy team dies Okay, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. So essentially, there needs to be an enemy player dead, and someone on your team needs to, like, interact with the body. 
Like there's an F key on the body itself. Like you're taking their dog tags, you're taking their electronic device, whatever. There could be some cool animation for it. So it doesn't have to be you as Cypher. It just seems it could niche, be. yeah. Well, it it's is like, niche. It's, But it's that would be a massive improvement over what it yeah, is what? currently. That's another fucking yeah. requirement that needs to be met. Yeah, I don't know if it is. No, a, no. Because no. anyway, here's the thing, right? Because if I'm, assu- I'm assuming whatever this is would be extremely quick. So if Cypher kills someone, like they're off by themselves, they get a one-on-one, they win. I'm imagining the total time for the Cypher to ult would be the same amount of time or less than what it is now. But it provides the flexibility that if there's a corpse somewhere else that someone else can then tag that corpse like we're hack- we're hacking into their feed and then Cypher can pop his ult. Except like, that's that, what I'm the, that requires you often to expose yourself, which the current Cypher ult does not require you to do. You can... What? Like, if you if you kill somebody in an open angle and you ult them, mm-hmm. you don't have to peek that angle to do it, but you're saying you have to go up to their body now you and hit a button. That, you do have to peek that well, angle to do it. You have to have a line of sight to the body and you have to be, like, five meters away. standing on top of the body fucking teabagging it. Yeah, exactly. It's there, pretty a much the say, same as teabagging it. Say somebody is pushing thing. on split a site, right? Yeah. And you kill them in the choke. You can immediately cipher ult that. Right? Because you're, you have line of sight, you killed them in the choke. But you don't have to go peek the angle to spawn. Or, like, where barriers are. Okay, I, I guess that's a, that's a reasonable point. Yeah, like, say yeah. you kill them right where the orb is. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm you saying. Don't, you don't have to stand mm. on the orb to fucking yeah, that's alt true, them. That's true. Now, Man, I, if I, they I, made yeah, it that's such that's that you needed to teabag the body to cipher all. Yeah, that, that does that seem like a really nerf. funny. <laughs> it would oh, be funny. literally teabagging it. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. literally teabag them to all. Yeah. It would actually be really funny. Do you call that the dapper? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> they rename the old the dapper. Yeah. Now, something which would also be funny is Cypher just should be able to hand his hat to someone. <laughs> just like, I got my alt. Uh, here, Jet, take my hat. When you kill somebody, fucking toss my hat on it. <laughs> that would be funny because yeah. then do they wear the hat? <laughs> they they would have to wear the hat until yeah. they use the ult. It, it, would, yeah. it would be also really funny, but it would also yeah. does not be. I it mean, wouldn't be great, but it would be funny to have in would, the game. It would it would potentially make it easier to get Cypher's ult off. Because it would also be a massive buff to Cypher because it's impossible to shoot him when he doesn't have yeah. his hat on. Yeah. So now now Cypher can have his can have his hat off anytime he has his ult. Yeah, like but if if you if you else. hand your hat off, then you've used your ult. If it gets if the other player gets killed that round without using the ult, mm-hmm. done. Yeah, but you're essentially <laughs> invincible for the round, so it doesn't really matter. That <laughs> you're winning the round anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna like, die. So what you're no, saying no. is that Cypher is already OP because it no, makes no, 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 him no, no, have no. plot armor. Yes, yeah, Cypher <laughs> does get plot armor when he ults. But the problem is he needs to get a, is, he needs to like to get, get to that body off. first to get yeah. the plot armor. Whereas yeah. if you just give your hat to someone, you just have guaranteed plot armor well, for the round. Cypher doesn't need to yeah. kill the person, right? It just needs a recently no, dead no. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but like I'm saying, also recently, from barrier drop, haven't touched at this yeah. point either. Like you can get you yeah. can get your like you can get your plot armor from barrier drop just by handing your hat to someone. Whereas alternatively. If you need to actually activate your alt as it currently is, you don't get your pot armor until you activate it 
and you could potentially die prior to you being able to activate your alt. Yeah, I Whereas mean, this I'm way, just blinded by your shiny you. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you guys talking about not having to peek angles with my teabagging slash dog tag removing idea it made me think of a maybe a simpler solution than anything I've come up with thus far, which is probably a good thing. So it's Cypher Old is the same in terms of only he can use it, but uh, there's no time restriction on bodies unable to be used for his ult, and there is no range limitation on how far he can throw his hat. So if he has line of sight from bridge on uh, A-site breeze to caves, he can just yeet his hat like a frisbee. Just, <laughs> yeah. just what an incredible frisbee shot. No. Yeah. Also, now, does it, it have Heiser like... or Anheuser when he throws it? Um, <laughs> I have no I mean, idea because I'm not that good at it, It's probably a Heiser flip. Yeah, yeah he probably Heiser flips it over he there. It Heiser gets a full. It. it gets a full flex actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely. I think wanna... that could be cool. Would it be too strong? I don't know, but it could. It would definitely be a step in the right direction. Right, and I, I think also potentially, right? It should be like Odd Jobs hat. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I like this idea more. He can chuck his alt at a live enemy. <laughs> and if it hits them, they die. They die, and it pings everybody. No, no, no. Yeah. no okay, yeah. Cass, you, no, you were so it's, close. It's odd drops so hat from James Bond. He just fucking hucks his hat at you, and if it hits you, you die. Okay, but well, it has travel time. Right? Okay, well, here's it's the not, here's the thing, Cass. Yeah, go ahead. Like, go ahead go it's got to it's got to actually hit you. I like it. See, I haven't seen James Bond, so you know, I probably would like your idea even more if I had. However. Um, my, my thought immediately when you said that is maybe, you know, it could be faster moving, even hit scan, but when it hits an enemy, um, it immediately goes right on their face, They're completely <laughs> blind while the hat is on their face. And maybe they have to like mash F to like rip it off their face because it's kind of sticking on. Like it, <laughs> it's like a blind, does it face. also ping them though? Like, yeah, it should also, I, I, I guess I, I, I think that they up. should die. He fucking yeah, chops their head off. Yeah, they're blinded and then they die, and then their team gets revealed. Yeah. I mean, have you seen there, – there was a clip that – this happened a very long time ago, but it made its way around the internet – of uh, Ray's throwing a blast pack and hitting somebody in the face with it. Oh, and like that stuck on their that face, yeah. Sounds vaguely just familiar. the blast pack, and they just couldn't see shit. <laughs> I have seen that clip. Um, got it. No, no, it, it, his hat should just be like Odd Jobs. Ugh, like it. It's funny because the character's name is Odd Job, not Odd Jobs, but like with the apostrophe S, it becomes Odd Jobs. <laughs> okay, at any rate, um, hmm. it should be like his hat. Like you, you chuck it. It has travel time. It hyzer flips up, flat, and if it hits them, they die. I mean, I kind of like it. I I kind of like that as a buff to Cypher. If, you know, if the hat hits them, they die. But if it doesn't, you you fucking wasted your ult. It's like a fucking yeah. like it's like a right click jet knives. So is that is that in addition to what I was saying, where you can also eat your hat from a lot longer distance at a corpse, or is that a replacement for it? No replacement. Yeah. So uh, so can you still just alt a corpse normally to yes. get info yeah, on the yeah, enemy yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still okay, so it's like a different button click to just chuck your hat. With the power of a thousand suns. If there's no corpse nearby, it equips. No, no, I think it'd be left click. Uh, well, wait, 
hold on. Okay. When you hit X, he takes his hat off. Mm-hmm. If and then left you left-click click or right-click. It goes to the corpse. You right-click, you chuck it at a live enemy. Yeah. Or, well, I kind of like this idea. Your crosshair. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like it. I just think it, maybe it makes it a way fucking better um, Razolt. Except it can what? only kill one. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, honestly, on. I think also, it's a worse Razolt. It has, by far. It's a worse Razolt. Razolt when it comes to just the hat. Like, yeah. like yeah. radius. Yeah, you that's got, true. You got that's AoE true. with Razolt. Like, I don't have to literally hit them with the rocket. Yeah, and if you think about it, I like, I like point blank in a situation where you're basically guaranteed to get the kill with the hat. You could have probably got that kill with a gun. <laughs> like you didn't really need the hat, realistically. So it's kind of like a you know a highlight play, like a Yoru uh, teleport to spawn clip. If you actually mm-hmm. hit someone with it, yeah, that, like you could have only got with that. Makes Cipher a bit better on eco rounds when you've got ult. Yeah. Just jiggle peeking angles with your hat. With in your hand. Your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! This uh, would actually be so much fun. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> I might, buff- play, I might play Cypher if this was a thing. Big buff to Tony. <laughs> yep, yep. If only he could get out of his cam to use his hat. <laughs> oh, maybe you could throw your, your uh, hat on your cam and then throw it from your cam. Like, yeah, like your cam shoots it. Like the fucking bug where you could shoot a gun through the Cypher cam. <laughs> right, right, right. That was the best thing ever. That was incredible. Cass, mm-hmm. you know about that bug? Uh, I remember hearing about it. I don't think I ever saw it. That's like a a classic bug where, yeah, you you would equip your cypher cam and then it would just, you'd have your gun out of the cypher cam. Your gun would be like, literally, the model would be on the cam. Yeah. Oh, wait, so you could do it with like... You'd have like a floating vandal in the air and then you could just spray someone down. I don't know if you could scope in though, Cass. I think you like see as if you're looking through the camera and pinging but instead of pinging you're shooting and there's like oh. no cooldown because it's a gun yeah. <laughs> so it's like a camera scope for your gun it was so funny i mean that's a that's a big buff to cypher yeah. <laughs> it is all right Cass, what what do we have what do we have next on the uh, docket well next on the docket we have intermission all right welcome back um just because this timing coincides very well. I am now drinking a Strathcona Imperial Love Buzz. With, um... It's a strawberry rhubarb sour. Apparently Strathcona names a lot of their sours. Like, Love Buzz. In some kind of way. But, uh, this one, being strawberry rhubarb, I've not had before. I've had a bunch of their other Love Buzz sours. I think that I've had it on the pod before, that one. No, no, you've had a Love Buzz. I don't think you've had this specific one. I'm saying they okay. name a lot of their sours Love Buzz. Alright, you gotta go back and check. You gotta go through every fucking pod and check whether well, or not I'm saying, I like, the, I mean, the well, strawberry rhubarb. Actually, I, I don't. The, yeah, there the we go. green, I feel like, is new. Yeah, exactly, because they had like a more a more like pink and purple one, but the green on the bottom I hadn't seen before. Yeah, so that does like... look new. But, yeah, I, I remember it, I think, being called Imperial, so I I don't know. Maybe I was just. I'm saying they they name a lot of their like it might have also been called the Imperial Love Buzz, and they've just now switched it up with Weird. different flavors. Yeah, 
This is going to probably make sense to very little of you, very little, very few of you. However, the first thing I saw when seeing the can was it reminded me of a uh, uh, saltwater taffy of wintergreen flavor. Normally, oh, you're right. uh, It does kind of look like saltwater taffy. Yeah, wintergreen saltwater taffy sounds absolutely disgusting. No, no, no. no, no. It looks like a watermelon saltwater taffy. Mm, Okay, sure. With Uh, the green and the red, okay, I could see that, but. I haven't literally never heard of mint flavored fucking taffy. That sounds Dude, awful. Yeah. That's good stuff. Also, this one has a gold like tab. Oh, that's cool. Like the tab to open it. Yeah, it's gold. I mean, I don't think it's real gold, but like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's solid gold. You should probably tear that <laughs> off. It's worth something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that means uh, you've won. You've won the factory. Won. <laughs> lifetime supply of Strathcona beer. I've got a golden tab. <laughs> Is that like a double strong tab of acid? I mean, that's just called double dipped. <laughs> um. Okay, where were we? Uh, you were about to introduce oh, the next topic. Yeah. Okay, so next topic now. Um, while we get into this next topic, I'm gonna I'm gonna add some qualifiers here. That's never you good. You guys may or Uh-oh. may not like, but uh. Outside of Phoenix, and outside of Chamber, because the nerfs have been released, but we don't know, we haven't seen it in game yet. Um, and not talking about the agents that we literally just talked about. That's a lot so of qualifiers. Feel, yeah, so like I said, I was going to add a lot of qualifiers. Okay. How do you guys feel about the rest of the agent balance in the game? Right, we we've gotten a decent amount of changes, which we've we've talked about all these changes. We've gotten a new agent in Fade, which we've also talked about. But I'm saying from a from a big picture, big ugh, English is hard. From a big picture perspective, how do you guys feel about the overall agent balance in the game currently? Now, like I said, I added those qualifiers because we don't know how Chamber is going to perform. We know Phoenix is dog shit, and we literally just talked about Killjoy and Cipher. Okay, so I think overall, we're talking big picture. Valorant has a pretty good balance of agents in the game. Right, like there are plenty of agents that I can see in my day to day games and I feel great about. You know, like we talked about this a couple podcasts ago where it doesn't seem like anybody is throwing by picking a character at this point. Inherently. Right? Like a character right. pick is not throwing. You can play very well on all of the characters. They all have their own value to add to a team. Mm-hmm. However, there are individual characters that still need adjustment. Right. Um, like I haven't seen Jet in like that many games. I guess I, I have. I've she's been in a lot of games, but I, I don't play Jet, so I don't know. But it'll take a bit more time for me to understand like how the new Jet nerf has actually affected the play style and and how well Jet performs in games. Um, yeah, I would say that now, like, and okay, keep in mind I've played five games on Jet post nerf. Uh, compared to like hundred some greener, but I would say that now Jet feels hyper fucking aggressive, and on defense, I find that even if I had, I was in the financial position to purchase an op, I might still go with a rifle now, which I think is somewhat what the nerf was designed 
to do was to like I, I think in general the nerf was designed to weaken Jet's ability to hold dumb aggressive angles with an operator. Like I, I think yeah. that was kind of the very specific thing that they were trying to target, and I think the nerf does a fantastic job of doing exactly that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would say that I, it, it, it comes in, it comes in waves. There, there are times where I really like the new change to, to jet because when I am being hyper aggressive and I am hitting my shots, I get to dash more often, which is cool, right? Like that's like, like using your, your agent's abilities is kind of the point of playing that agent like that. It's fun. Um, and I just get to have more fun now when I'm hitting my shots. But I, I do feel like it, it, it absolutely incentivizes jet to be hyper aggressive now yeah i mean i could see that because you have to pre-plan when you're going to use the dash Mm -hmm. um i mean obviously you could hard read what angle they're pushing on defense and and pop it as the barriers drop um but yeah i mean just in a place where i feel like I, i need more time from when we're currently standing to figure out whether like jet has truly been nerfed or like whether or not she's still so good, she's basically a must pick on every map. Um, well, I will say, yeah. Chase, if I could interject real quick, part of that also has to do with the chamber nerf because Jet really has no longer become must pick on every map now that Chamber has been stealing her thunder a little bit. So the question is, are both of them keeping some role while also not, you know, being dominant anymore? True, true. I mean, and like I was saying, overall, I think that nobody's a throw when you when you pick them, and nobody is like a must pick on any map. Where it's like, if I don't have this agent, we're fucked. Uh, and Viper on Breeze might might be uh, an exception to that, but I think that that's okay. Yeah, and I I have seen like at a ranked level, not a professional level. I have seen Omen be, you know, totally fine, especially as, like, someone's comfort pick. It's like, okay, we need smokes. Nobody plays Viper. It's like, well, I play Omen. Like, I feel like that can still get the job done. Yeah, I think controllers are in a really good place um, where I feel like whatever controller we have on our team, I'm happy with. Um Except for Breeze, probably, where that's the only map I can currently think of where I, you really want a Viper, and you really don't want a Brim. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, mm. you if you can't have a Viper, an Astra or a Omen will suffice. But you really don't want a Brim. But on every other map, it doesn't matter which which of the four. Um, yeah, I you have. like. I I would like to say that I I I want a ranked Astra buff. And I don't, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Like, like how I, do you I, make I her better in rank but not better? Yeah, I, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with the amount of Astra that, be, that gets played. I don't. I I feel like I've I barely saw Astra before in ranked, and people probably picked her just because she was like super meta at the professional level. But 
I feel like I've seen maybe one Astra in the last 50 games I've played. Yeah, you really don't see Astra in our ELO, and you really didn't see her before either. I, like, I see more Phoenix than I see Astra now. Yeah, I think something true. about... That is true, but I don't know that that's saying a ton just because, you know, ranked tends to be very puggy where people want the high damage output agents. Like, you, you see a lot of double duelists, sometimes even triple duelist comps in ranked, uh, whereas those are very much not at the pro meta. So I don't feel like seeing a lot of Phoenix is saying all that much about Astra. No, no, but I I would also say, like, even at a ranked level, like, Phoenix isn't a throw. Yeah. Right, as you were saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I don't think, oh, you're you're trolling if you pick Phoenix, whereas that used to be the case when people picked Yoru, right? When someone picked Yoru, like, that was absolutely... It was like, like, oh, like, oh, fuck. You're... Fuck. Like, you're, 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 you're trolling. Um, actually, Hunter, uh, just not looking at numbers, just off your personal experience, do you did you find that post-Yoru buff you had people dodging your games less? Like, from your team specifically? Just gut feeling, not looking at numbers or anything like that. Well, here's the thing, Cass. It's very, it's very tough to say, because before the buff, I really didn't insta-lock Yoru. I, in fact, sometimes wished I had a chance to play him more, because, you know, I, can, I, can pl- I could play and still can play a lot of different agents, and I wouldn't get to play Yoru very much. And so if I did end up with Yoru, it was most likely after people were locked, and I discussed it with them. So I really didn't experience a lot of people dodging because I picked Yoru. If anything, I might have experienced more post-buff because I was being a filthy insta-locker. And people didn't... I, I never had someone say, oh, fuck, we have a Yoru, I'm dodging. But there were a couple times I loaded into a map, locked Yoru, and then immediately there was a dodge. Like, I would say, like, three or less over the course of the act, but still, I was like, oh, I think someone's scared of the Yoru pick. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense just because you insta-locked, right? Like... And you didn't do that before. That... Right, right, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah before you'd be like, speaking. oh, like, okay, I'll play Sky, I'll play Killjoy, I'll play Viper, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I but don't then... Think I, I don't think I experienced a lot of people dodging when I insta-lock Jet. Yeah, I mean, there's a <laughs> well, lot of times that I want to dodge when someone insta-locks Reyna. Yeah. But if they insta-lock Jet, I don't dodge. <laughs> I I also just don't dodge, but you know, like yeah. There I have mean, been times where I've dodged when some when I get like a Sova Brim Breach insta lock in my team, and I'm like, I don't have anyone to play in this. Yeah, right, I was gonna right. say yeah. I I have I have dodged when like Jet Chamber insta lock goes through. It's like, well, and like I'll I'll say that over voice chat. It's like, hey guys, look here's the deal. I'm dodging. Uh, those are the only two agents that like I can really play so yeah better for me like better for all of us for me to just dodge take the three rr penalty and like so you don't want to bring back the uh omen reina or phoenix from your uh early days of valorant Cass? um no not not particularly yeah Cass should really bring back the phoenix that was his original main so that was my original main my original main as well a lot of people started there well Okay, so out of the first five characters that you get, right? You get you get Brim, you get Sova, uh, you get Phoenix, you get Jet, and what Sage? Yeah. Sage. Okay, so out of those five, 
Phoenix was the most CSGO-like character. I got a Molly, and I got a Flash. And I was like, well, I think I can make this utility work. And then the fact you get that the second Flash, which is just rad as hell. <laughs> and the fact that yeah. it was like Flash curved initially was was fucking me. Like, yeah, I, we would get flashed a lot. Yeah, back when like when I first started playing, I wished that Phoenix's Flash was like Yoru's Flash. Like, when I, I, I like, think most like started. most recently, people also think that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that now, in general, people would say that Yoru's Flash is better than Phoenix's Flash. But, like, I, I had a really hard time, at first, getting used to Phoenix's Flash. Um, but outside of that, it's like, well, I get a Pop Flash, and I get a Molly, and I can heal myself when I take damage because my aim is dog shit. So I'm going to take damage in gunfights, even if I win them. Um... And I used the wall exclusively for healing, because I didn't know how the fuck to use that. Um, so yeah, that was that was what I started with. And then I realized, oh, I like opping. Jet's a good opper. I should learn Jet. No, but you played Omen for fucking ever, and I have no idea why. Like, to imagine, cool. to imagine you playing Smokes at this point in our Valorant like life is absolutely insane. I can't even imagine Cass playing Smokes. Yep. But yeah, he played Whoa. Omen a lot. I I have actually just eclipsed my Omen playtime with Chamber. Damn. Not Jet. Interesting. No, not Jet. Jet is still barely beneath Omen, but like still beneath Omen. That's interesting um, because I feel like that has to do with your main versus your alts. That if you combine like your alts in there, I'm sure you have the most in Jet overall. That's I'd be shocked if that wasn't could, the case. I I can do the math post podcast and let's see. Um, but yeah, no, I okay. So I would agree with you. I do think, I do think the controllers are all in a pretty healthy balance, with perhaps the slight exception on Astra. Um, I'm interested to hear your guys's opinions on the initiators, because I think. Interestingly enough, um, I would say that at a professional level, perhaps KO needs a a mini nerf, just like a slap on the wrist, you know? But I'd say at our level, KO, totally fine, right? Um, it has and... made his flashes so good. Yeah. There are times, like, it, that's really what it is. It's... Like, sure, the suppress sucks, but I feel like it's fine. I mean, it, it sucks to be hit by the suppress. I'm not saying that it sucks mm -hmm. as an ability. It's a very good ability. Um, right, right. But it's, like, it's fine in the meta. It's really the flashes, and that's what, like, the buff to his flashes is what started, like, bringing him into professional play. Being able to pop flash so reliably. Um, and they're just so small. Right, and in, in particular, it's the right click flashes. Yeah, left clicks I yeah. think are still good, but not broken. The right clicks, in many cases, if the KO hasn't made noise and he flashes around a corner, you basically can't react. Like you, you I mean, literally just have to anticipate him being there. I, I am a deer in headlights when it comes to flashes. Like if I see a flash, I stare fucking right at it, and I'm like, oh no, what do I do? And I mash the. I masked my thumb button, which is either my dash or my teleport. 
And I'm just like, fuck, I want out of this. Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, you could get better at dodging flashes for sure. Like, I, I feel like so fucking bad at dodging flashes. I'm pretty good at dodging flashes. Um, but the KO flash, just if it's used right, is so hard to dodge. And you'll, I'll even flick away from something that like I think should have dodged, like a, you know, a Skybird or a Phoenix Flash or something like that, and I get full blinded by the KO. Yeah, like it. It's rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of what I think makes KO very oppressive is the fact that there are uncounterable knives, right? Like with the Sova Recon, you can always shoot the Sova Recon because it needs line of sight. With the the Fade, fuck, I don't know what her abilities are haunt. called. Haunt. Haunt. Okay, Fade Haunt. It, it needs line of sight. You can shoot it with. The Sova knife, you can literally throw the, the Sova knife. knife. You're, sorry, yes. The, with the KO knife, you can literally throw it into unshootable places. Like, literally places that, like, it, it lands on top of the fucking building. And obviously, you probably need a lineup for that one. But, like, it even even things like off-barrier drop, where you can chuck it somewhere, and it's literally impossible for the enemy team to push up to a level in which, or to a point in which they could have line of sight to shoot this knife. Like, the the fact that it is, in some ways, non, like, non-destructible just by nature of timings and where you can place it, I think that is really fucking strong, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's anything you can do about that, because you can't make it need line of sight that's stupid yeah yeah um and so i i think that's just what it is i mean could Um, you make like the only thing that i can think of is could you make it so that it needs line of sight to suppress but not for the info and i feel like that's still like you you can't really do that yeah you can't yeah i feel like realistically the only thing you could do is decrease the amount of time people are suppressed for right like i feel like you need to keep the info and that would be the only nerf but i don't even know if that's appropriate it's tough to say because it's seven seconds right now. It's four seconds <clears throat> when you're Ten hit seconds. by an old pole. Ten seconds when you're hit by his knife. Uh, okay, another thing I look up. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm fairly confident you're not I thought because it was 10. I get I get hit by it a lot when I'm playing this chamber or jet when I'm alted and I just stare at that fucking number waiting for it to disappear. Yeah. Okay, um... it is uh eight seconds suppression. Oh, okay. So we're both For, wrong. I cool. could have sworn it was ten. I would have. I, I would have put yeah, money so, on ten. Yeah, I was. I was the most right here because the, what I'm pretty sure happens is it hits you, and then by the time you see a countdown, it doesn't mm. show eight. It just seven is the first number it shows. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought it was. Well, seven. I mean, you're right by Price is Right rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, and by okay. other rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But also, like, yeah, his alt, it says four, and it counts down from four, but, like, fuck, dude. How long does his alt last? Oh, fucking while. Yeah. What do you get, four pulses? I mean, it's fine. What, like, 16 seconds? Yeah, no, his alt's fine. Like, his alt's fine. You get um, more than four pulses, by the way. Absolutely. What? Hunter, Google this shit. No, no I'm already on it. I'm already yeah, on it. Yeah, okay. You get, <laughs> you get more than four. <laughs> Like how many pulses? It's, yeah, 
it's funny the wiki isn't really that clear about it google how many times does ko alt pulse yeah okay. I, I was looking at the wiki why do we run a podcast and have no fucking information on how any of the agents well because work? well because it, it could be because works. our host doesn't say you know what to prepare for ahead of time <laughs> so we have no <laughs> opportunity to know what we need to look up well also even if he did it's not like we're talking about the original topic right now it's yeah. like we're, we're so far off that it doesn't really matter Okay, the first link says about four times. About? <laughs> about four. Okay, so you're saying that that cast is more is right here. Uh, what? One pulse. One pulse by Price is Right rules. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm I still have no idea. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, we'll, we'll, st- we'll say four-ish and move on. Okay. Um, is it? Oh, dude, I swear to God, it's four. I thought it was okay, more than another, that. Another article does say four, so it yeah, seems like four is probably correct. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, alt's fine. Okay, but at any rate, like going back, leaning back towards the original topic here, um, I think KO for the most part totally fine. Um, I think I think at a ranked perspective, pre-nerf Sova was also kind of fine. From the pro perspective, I understand he was really fucking good and got picked the fuck ton. So whatever. Post nerf Sova still pretty fine. I think yeah, it's a good balance. Post nerf still it's totally fine. Fade um, fucked. I think. I think Fade's fine. I think Fade's good, but I think she's fine. I think her um, haunt is fine. I think that her prowlers and her alt need a nerf. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Hunter, go ahead. Yeah, I I think that her ult needs a nerf because the combination of the three things of the trailed, decayed, and deafened is just so brutal that there, it in many cases, it feels like, you know, technically I could fight back, but I'm at such a disadvantage. It's it's kind of like a GG for the round it's a winning um, it's a round winner for sure yeah um and is, is it the, not equivalent to breach halt in that regard like when I, I'm I, no. I get breach halted i'm like i'm standing there and it's like well i'm kind of fucked isn't it it's well, bigger it, no 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 it's much better than a breach ult except for the case of denying defuse or plant because obviously fatal doesn't do that yeah but the thing is if i'm breach ulted Obviously, if someone peeks me right as the wave hits me, that's very rare. Okay, I can't do anything there, but that's usually not what happens. Usually the wave hits you, and then you hear people coming. And if you hit that one tap, if someone peeks you, you get a kill. If people don't peek you at the same time, you can get multiple kills out of that. So I, I can't fucking scope in you, when you I get resulted. Have, in most cases, you don't have an op. I mean, in most cases, you have in an op. In most cases, I do have but, an op. People okay, don't can have switch to your secondary. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right, do. Right. I, pull, I pull out my headhunter if I've got shots for it. But like, right, right. But the, but the point is that like you not. can survive in a breach ult if you are patient with your shots. Obviously, you're at a disadvantage. But like, when I'm getting shot in the back because the enemy team follows my trail and just stomps behind me and I can't hear them, or the opposite where I'm just flicking around constantly because I know I need to get as much vision as possible, and that makes it very difficult to isolate gunfights. Like, either way, it's just brutal. Well, and it um, lasts so long. That's really the problem. It, the 12 seconds, it lasts really so, yeah, so really long. long. The breach ult does not last that long. 
Yeah. If you were stunned I, I for say, 12 seconds, it would be insanely overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I will say ahead, the fatal ahead. does last a really fucking long time. But I, I find that when I when I get fate altered, I just gamble on the angle I think that they're going to swing me from. Sure, and then I can't hit my shots because I don't know when they're going to peek me. I have yeah, no uh, no indication yeah. other than visual, right? Which is insane. I mean, if I've got an op, it's whatever. Either okay, hit my shot yeah. Or die, but yeah. Sure, but that's um, that's a special case. Okay, but I I also feel like Fade is in a similar scenario to to Breach in that. People who play Fade and people who play Breach love to fucking throw every goddamn piece of utility they have at me. Well, because they combo very well. It's E, Q, C. And then the all for good measure. (laughs) Yeah, all for good measure, yeah. It's like, I get fucking, like, like, because I'm thinking of, like, Breach, right? Like, Breach, I I get concussed, then I get flashed, then I get undershocked. And like I'm just like, and then I get flashed again, and I'm just sitting there fucking like, ah, Jesus. Are you one of you wanting chase your cast? <laughs> yeah, <you're... laughs> um, like and like, but like I'm saying, like breaches love to just fucking chuck all their utility into one engagement, and I feel like fade players love to do the same thing too. It's like the haunt goes out, then they throw the tether on the angle, and then I get prowlered, and then I get prowlered again, and then they swing me. And maybe they alt me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, that's just like Fade's utility specifically combos extremely well with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because the prowlers latch onto trails and then get fucking super speed. Um Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I mean if you can't hear that at the same time or you can't move out of the area or like I mean it just work it works very well together. So yeah, utility don't make sense. But I think that Right now, especially in ranked, like fade is insane, and as people are learning to be better with fade, it's getting worse. Because I you know, still when, haven't seen a fade top frag though. When I have, um, but when she first came out, I was saying like on the last podcast, I think, or um, like oh, like she doesn't seem super oppressive. Um, like you can play against her pretty well, but she seems pretty balanced. But now I feel like people are learning lineups. People are learning how to play fade, and it's a lot more concerning in game. Yeah, there there are some nasty fucking lineups for haunt. Yeah, um, I've mostly seen them going around Reddit. Um, but from what I've seen, they've got really fucking simple lineups too, which I think aids to its oppressiveness because, like, with some of the Sova lineups, they're kind of obtuse, and so. The, it's the hard to remember people, them, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a bit hard to remember, and the number of people who are willing to put the time into getting those those lineups is is fewer. But with some of the fade lineups I've seen, with how fucking easy they are to set up, like, I, I haven't been, I haven't seen any of these in-game yet, but, like, I'm sure at one point, like, because... You can fucking throw the haunt on top of a building or whatever, and I'm thinking of bind specifically here. But like they're just a couple where like it's fucking like it's so far out of the fucking way that like if I move my crosshair up to there, like I'm gonna to try and shoot it, I'm gonna die. Because my crosshair is fucking 
pointed directly at the sky. I'm looking the wrong fucking way. Oh, the, the haunt, like, like, sticks, like, way in the sky? Yeah, like, you can land it on top of... But, like, the differences between the Sova arrow and the Fade Haunt is when the Fade Haunt lands, it it comes up, right? Yeah. Like, so when it hits the top of a building, it it moves up, and then the eye scans. And so it, it has line of sight on you because it goes up, whereas with a Sova arrow, if the Sova arrow landed in that exact position, like, the the building would block its line of sight, and so you wouldn't get any value out of the, the Sova recon. Yeah, I haven't actually – you are making sense. Um, it's funny because I was just about to say something that is very different than what you were saying. I haven't played as much Valorant as either of you since – well, definitely not as much as Chase. I don't know about you, Cass, since this act came out because I, I grinded pretty hard at the end of the last one. But – and so I haven't seen any of those nutty lineups where the haunt is in some really weird spot. But my experience against Fades has been that – it feels like the haunt is typically pretty easy to deal with because it doesn't have much health. It's a really easy target. And even if you don't shoot it, it goes away really quickly. So I was actually going to say that I would be okay with nerf uh, fade alt and buff how long the haunt stays active if you don't shoot it. Um, That being said, I mean, you're sharing some things here, Cass, that... I wasn't really taking into account how disgusting the lineups can be, so maybe not, but that was based on my experience, what I was thinking. Well, if you don't shoot it quickly, like, you're still pinged, and then you're trailed for 12 seconds. And you have well, to shoot thing it is, you can... fast to not be trailed. Yeah, and I so far I have not had a problem with that. Because it's such a, such a big target that... I I Basically, because, it, because of the action that Cass was describing, where it, it has to go up... You can see it going up and prepare to shoot or just leave. Like, I don't think I've had a single instance where I planned on shooting the fade haunt or planned on, like, moving away from it and wasn't able to do it. I mean, I think like, that you need you need to play just a bit more against the fades then because there are so many times where I shoot the the haunt and it may not have pinged me for very long, but I'm trailed now and that that's sucks oh yeah i mean if you do get i'm saying that i don't get pinged i'm not yeah. saying that like yeah yeah and some of that does have to do you with the haven't seen, you haven't seen some of these lineups dude yeah but. yeah uh, understandable that's that's why I, I sort of was tempering what i was saying to say that mm-hmm. you know maybe if there are people are everyone's using really good lineups then maybe what i was saying is not correct um but we'll, we'll kind of have to see i guess yeah because the like i feel like with the silver arrow even if I get pinged because I can't shoot the arrow in time, like, I'm usually not totally fucked. Right, obviously, there are some scenarios in which the Sova pings you and then you are fucked. But I find that a lot of times with, with Fade, if I get trailed, now I'm kind of fucked. Um, and it's... Like, maybe this just has to do with, like, time and experience, but, uh, like, I, I find that it, it's, it's easier to communicate with your team, and, and obviously I've had scenarios in which this doesn't work, but I find that it's easier to communicate with your team. It's like, yo, like, um, this Sova's been, been darting this area, like, can you clear the dart for me so that 
I don't get pinged or so that I can take this angle. Um, whereas with the, and maybe this will just come with time, but like with the, the fade haunt, I find that it's a, it's a lot harder to get that communication right. And, um, you're, you're in a scenario where you're just like, ah, shit, I need to flick to try and take this fade haunt out. But while I'm doing that, someone's going to swing me and now I'm going to die. Yeah, I mean, it happens a bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, another thing I wanted to bring up uh, on this topic was Neon, which we've talked about quite a bit in the past as well. But I think that Neon's dog shit. And, you know, obviously, Optic used Neon very effectively to fucking win Masters recently. But especially with this new change that came out, I don't know whether to call it a nerf or a buff. Uh, Victor, the person on Optic who played the Neon, yeah. has stated he believes it's a nerf. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But, like, fuck, Neon was bad to begin with, and now I feel like Neon's worse. Like, it, 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 it makes her wall so much worse to not do well, any okay. damage. He, he, did, he wasn't even talking about the wall. Um... He was talking about the way that her E works now. He was saying really? beforehand, you're like, yeah, it, his thing was like, beforehand, I pretty much always had juice, um, like as Neon, when I wanted it or when I needed it, with the very exception of like incredibly oh, long. They, they increased the drain, the drain. but yeah. it, but also made on upon kill, you get 100% of your juice back instead of. Like twenty five percent or something, yeah. Um, but yeah, he yeah. was saying that he thinks the change to the way in which her her E drains and charges now is one hundred percent a a nerf. So he's like, there, there. He was stating that like there has now been a lot of scenarios in which he wants to use his E and he doesn't have the like required juice. Whereas before, he was saying he whenever he wanted it, he pretty much always had it available. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking of that because I did know that they, they decreased it. I just hadn't heard people talk about it. It's all been talk about the wall pretty much. I don't think the change to the wall is a huge deal. I mean, I will say – or no, I, I don't know if any of you guys read this um, AMA that went uh, out on on um, the Valorant subreddit. It was the agent design team uh, who came and were just like, hey, we're doing an AMA. Like, ask us anything you want. Um and they were saying that they found that regardless of the damage, people disrespected Neon's wall anyway. And so the As idea should. From, like the idea was removing the damage was just to prevent your team from from taking chip damage as they were pushing in with the neon. Then make it fucking damage your opponents anyway, and not your team. The point is that doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. The the point is it literally does make a difference. If you take 10 damage pushing through a wall, that's a one-shot to a phantom. But at that range where you're engaging people through the wall, you'd be one-shot to a phantom anyway. That's I mean, not thing. necessarily. Say say you're on... Probably. Say you're on bind on um, what A-site, and Neon walls up short, and you're playing Heaven. Yeah. 
What scenario? I think. How would you get damaged by the wall if you're playing heaven? That's what I'm confused about. Oh, like say a neon on your team play or puts up a wall short to prevent someone from pushing it. Oh, they're disrespecting it. Whatever. Um, you know they push through the wall. Now that person that's pushing, like short, is one shot to a phantom while you're in heaven, or you oh, know, on other oh. part of site. Yeah, but but the thing is that like if they are just pushing through the wall without using utility to flash you off or smoke you off from heaven, they're probably dead anyway because going through the wall you get to see them before they see you. So like yeah, you should I, I be able to two tap them to the head with a, a phantom or you know get two shots. Well, I one about it. Yeah, I, I was saying yeah. the more relevant scenario here, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Chase, is uh, on a site split where you just fucking wall from a orb all the way to screens. Um, because then swing. Yeah, I mean, but then you're still you're wall. still probably one shot to a phantom anyway. But just damage itself is a deterrent to anybody. Like you might disrespect it, and you know, like sometimes you disrespect a molly or something, you push through it and you get the kill, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's part of the game, right? It's it's taking that risk of saying I'm going to be lower HP when I'm on the other side of this, but I think I'm going to surprise somebody. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, removing I the damage entirely is just it's not like does absolutely nothing to deter you from pushing through it other than it being a wall. Well, yeah, I think the key like, thing with other mollies like, is what, that how does how does a fucking smoke deter you from peeking through it? It's because I don't want to fucking peek through the smoke. Yeah. In yeah. the yeah. same way that it, in the, the same way angle. that it's a smoke. Yes. Like I, I like it, it, it still functions. It's a worse like, smoke. Oh, so Viper's Wall is just a worse smoke? Viper's Wall gives you fucking decay. If it didn't do decay? Yeah, it would be fucking awful. Nah, nah, nah. It, it would be absolutely awful if it didn't di- instantly nah. decay you. No, 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 no. It blocked on a site. Like, I, I, I personally am of the opinion that with, with the exception of the change to Viper, which uh, apparently your alt decayed your own fucking team yes with the exception of that i think if you brought viper all the way back people would still fucking play her no i think i think the decay damage is insane hate to be semantic but they would also have to bring the better wall placement because before you couldn't like throw your wall through things you had to have like certain lineups for your wall where it would like naturally go over things if you just stared at a wall and chucked your wall at it it would just go two feet and then end I mean that's how yeah, Neon's cool. wall is. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So that, so use that buff as well. Okay, shine, fine. But I'm saying if you took away the decay damage from Viper's wall, it's it'll be fucking useful because on on Breeze and Icebox, the whole point of putting up the fucking wall is to block line of sight. Yeah, and it stops people from pushing you. Not because sure, of the damage. Well, because it sure, blocks fucking line of sight. Decay is a huge part of it. But the damage is a huge part of that because they can flash through. Yeah. And, you know, it's you could dodge that from their perspective that you could dodge the flash. You could, you know, hide behind an angle and then immediately peek them. You know, they just flash through that wall. Right. Like it's just a wall. But the fact that it's doing damage to you at the same time or, or decay um, is a massive deterrent. How much decay does it do? 20, 30? What's the it does, decay? uh, yeah. I believe it's 30. 30 instant decay. Yeah. 
I guess that would make a Vandal, what, three to the body to kill? Yeah. Okay, so I guess it would change time to kill on the rifles, but, like... I think it, it just... It, doing it, any it, it sort fucking, of damage is a deterrent blocks, to pushing fucking, through something. Yeah, but, like, it fucking blocks line of sight. That's That's the goal. The goal is to block line of sight. The damage is perhaps a bit of a bonus. See, Cass, I think we're getting off in... If you have, I think we're getting off into a separate discussion here, because I was with you when you were talking about Neon in terms of blocking the line of sight, but when you started going into the Viper, that's kind of a separate debate on how the Decay would affect things, because Decay is not quite the same as damage, and also Viper's wall is has the whole fuel mechanic, whereas the Neon wall you use one. So I think we're getting into a bit of a side topic here. Okay, Cass, do you buy shields if you have 36 left at the end of a round? Often, no. It depends It depends on my exact economy. If I'm fucking loaded, yeah, why not? If I'm not fucking... Okay, I guess here's the big threshold, right? If I don't buy... If I don't top up my shields this round, does that put me in a financial position where I am able to full buy the next round if we lose this? Or, okay. alternatively... That, that's the trade-off. But I'm saying, right. or alternatively, does that put me in a position in which even if I could full buy, could I now get op armor if I don't buy these shields? And if e- if either of those scenarios come into play, I'm not popping my shields off. Now, if I'm fucking loaded, I'm about a max. Yeah, of course I'm gonna buy. The okay, extra this button. is neither All of right. those scenarios. This is a scenario where yeah, you can full buy next round. Yeah, you have thirty six shields. Like regardless, you can full buy next round. Okay. You know, are you topping it yeah, well, can I mean, I off? And, can I buy op and armor next round? Fuck, I, I don't know. Op, op brings another thing into play that is okay, literally like, only you <laughs> because you're a fucking op crutch, and it's not part of my point at all. If my can, point, if, my if, point if, is that the if difference between... If I can between, buy op plus armor next round anyway, then yeah, I'm going to top off. The point is that 50 <laughs> shields is different than 36 shields, and that makes a difference in how you're going to play around, how you're going to peak things. Not not by much. But by something. Okay, okay. Chase, it, I will say makes... I feel I feel very bad for the, your your example because you unfortunately ran into a bit of a wall with Cass. Yeah. <laughs> that happens quite often, so I I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, I think that, you know, judging from me who very rarely buys an op, you know, I most of the time will top up my shields unless I can't buy next round because of it. Um it's much simpler for me because it's just yeah. buying a, a rifle. Um, but I think this, the difference there is that when it comes to going through a wall, if you're going through a neon wall and you're on the other team, you're doing so because you believe that you found a timing on the other team. Like, if they put up the wall, you're most likely not going to just then peek directly into the center of it and have the whole team stare you down if that's the way they're using the wall. You might do it, you might, you know, wait for them to get partially in and then flash and peek the middle if you expect they've split out. You might, if, you, if you're, if you like, close and the wall's going past you and then you peek into it as they're, you know, at that point behind, like, with their backs to you. And in those situations, that's very different than, okay, I'm taking a gunfight off the start of the round. Do I need 50 armor or 36 armor? Like, that's a very different scenario between those two. Okay, yeah, I mean, it was just the closest thing I could come up with to try to be like, there's a difference between having 50 
and 36, right? Like, there's a difference between taking, yeah. you know, 15 damage, pushing through something. You know, that like, you are you yeah. are damaged, and that is a deterrent. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I, I also have to wonder, from the AMA, I saw that it was happening. I didn't really read through it closely. Um, I wonder how the riot devs got the information about people disrespecting neon walls. Like if they just did it as like a percentage of like, excuse me, how often someone gets damaged by a neon wall uh, from the other team of the neon using it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what their methodology was, because, you know, if they, if we take what they said at face value, then that would kind of go against what you were saying, Chase, because the riot team believes that people don't care about the damage and they don't need to. Yeah, um, that but, seems like a hard stat to gather. What is it? Yeah, is it specifically people who have taken damage from a neon wall and then gotten a kill directly afterwards? Yeah, that's like what I'm how saying. do it's you tough. measure that? Yeah, right, right statistically. Right. For, yeah, so like I'm not you, confident that Riot is correct. I'm about currently this. shrugging like, I my know. shoulders. I, I don't. I don't know yeah. how they came up with that stat, but like that—that's just what I remember reading in the thing. Um, but again, I, I think it'd be interesting to get, you know, Victor's take on the wall change because he's the person that most often plays Neon out of, like, the, you know, professional circuit. Yeah, um, I mean, he's the best Neon in the world at this point, clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, word on the street is Gambit and what, like, Fun Plus Phoenix have also been playing a decent amount of Neon, and neither of them were at Masters. Too. Okay, yeah, that's that's a special like, case. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But like again, um, yeah. that that aside, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say Victor is the best neon player in the world. Um, I I would be interested to hear his take on the neon ball change. Um, all all I heard from somebody clipping his stream was that he believes the change to neon's drain was a nerf. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I think that there are balances to be done with neon, regardless. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess the the ones that we're talking about mostly are are duelists. Like we're talking about, like Phoenix needs to be buffed, obviously. Um, I guess then we, your caveats just covered a lot. There are definitely individual agents that need yeah. to be buffed, yeah. or, um, to to balance things out. But overall, like I think the agent balance is pretty. Solid and Valorant. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing that came to mind when Cass was talking about that Reddit thread is the the top comment really bothered me, and I thought I'd vent about it here because I didn't read very far into it. Maybe because I got so pissed off by the top comment, but basically there was some redditor who I could imagine uh, pushing their glasses up on their nose and adjusting their uh, anime uh, body pillow as they were writing this comment. They they said, uh, Riot, uh, Agent Balance team, uh, why is it that despite the huge community backlash to the chamber change of removing a trademark, that you've, you've decided to go through with it anyway, when the community clearly doesn't want it to happen? And I was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, Riot has shown that if something is a problem, they'll change it if it's actually causing a problem. Like, let them make the change that they want to make. Yeah. And let's see if it's a good change or not. It just pissed me off so much that this person was like, you know, the community sh- community should be able to, like, vote on every feature when it's, like, suggested and then decide if it's good or not. Yeah, fuck. Talk about power yeah. creep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, I think part of the problem is, um, you know, like, a lot of people don't think, or 
I think a lot of people are in the mindset that there, there's a certain way in which Sentinels need to play. And by removing this trap from Chamber, you're like the whole idea is like, oh, you're like, he's already considered a quasi duelist. You're just making him more of a quasi duelist um, and removing some of his like Sentinel changes. Um, but I think it doesn't a like, I, I don't know. I, I personally disagreed with this nerf at the start. And after doing, you know, okay, research isn't the right word, but like, you know, getting other people's opinions on the matter, reading more about it on Reddit, um, seeing a couple of YouTube videos about people talking about it, um, I actually believe it is a pretty solid change. And, or it is a, it is a good nerf to Chamber um, that it, it in so far as, it puts Chamber in a situation where he, the way in which he holds sights is, as Riot intended, has a lot to do with the firepower that he brings to the table in terms of his headhunter, his tour de force, um, the fact that he can reposition. And it it creates a scenario in which, whereas, like, with the two traps, um... You could just kind of be like, all right, I'm going to put these two traps on A. It doesn't look like the enemy team is pushing A off barrier drop. I'm going to rotate off and just leave those traps there, and then we'll we'll know if they get to A. Um, and now it kind of forces him to... You have to face check something, right? Yeah. Uh... Like, you can't just fuck off and be like, no one's there. Um, it, it, it does require you to actively face check an angle. And as Chambers' kit is designed, he is very capable of doing that. Yeah, Cass, I see why you're you're good at this change, because I've never seen you be hesitant to take a peek. So now that you figured out, you just get more opportunities for peeking things. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him place a trademark, so, yeah. you know. oh it's a bit more annoying now and that i can't um because especially when i have chamber alt like chamber alt is kind of piss poor on retake scenarios number one it fucking slows which i think they should do away with because if i have to retake and I've had this happen to me multiple fucking okay, times. Okay, how, how right? often have we talked about this? There, no, no, no okay. Well, like, like, this saying, was literally like, half of the last sure, episode. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the, the main point here is, like, I often do not want to have to retake with Chambers Alt, and I would rather early rotate and get to where there is action, so to speak, to better put that alt to use. Um, however, like, currently... Given that chamber has two traps, I can just give up the site and just full fucking rotate over to the other one. And it's like, hey, if they if they leave and they go back to the other site, like we'll we'll know. And like if the trap does go off and they don't just destroy it, that gives us a lot of fucking time to rotate over. But because you can't fully trap up a site now, um, like it, you you kind of got to stay, right? You can't just immediately fuck off. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it does a good job in being like, Hey, I'm going to lock down this site, but now I can't lock down the site and leave. Now I have to stay to like properly lock that down. 
Um, so I, I, I think it does work in Riot's intended manner. And I'm interested to see whether that is enough of a nerf because I, as I have stated in the last podcast, I think to a certain extent, it's a bit of barking up the wrong tree here. I don't think that is very specifically what people are upset about Chamber 4. I think people are upset that Chamber's another character on defense who's really fucking good with an operator. And I think that's what people want out of the game. I mean, I I think that we'll have to wait and see um, when this actually gets put into the game, um, how much it does. We we stated all of our opinions on it last time, and obviously mine is very different than yours. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'd say I'd say with that, it, we'll we'll wrap up the podcast here. Um, yeah, if I could say something super fast, which yep. is that I just want to encourage you who have those of you in the Discord who have been putting in agent ideas. We keep saying we're going to get to it and not doing it, but uh, if I can uh, have any say in it, I will be getting to that soon. And we'll get, we'll cover pro- hopefully several in one podcast. So we love the ideas. We're, we're getting to them. Sorry, not yet. See, here's the interesting thing, though. Hunter actually has no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Cass completely comes up with the topic list. So, um, yeah, yeah you, I'd say add that to the next pod. Yeah, no, we'll, I'll, I'll toss it on the docket. Yeah, and um, unless we get some fucking huge changes that we talk about for two hours, then, you know, I mean... Yeah. Even even then, maybe we'll we'll hopefully get through some of them. Well, I Phoenix, mean, Yor and Neon have all been combined into one agent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one super agent. You have to pick all three of them, though. Rain of Blinds <laughs> are now indestructible and also damage you for every second you look at them. Yeah. <laughs> they call and burn in on your monitor, they, so your monitor is ruined uh, if you look at it for too long. Somebody brought up a, just, uh, it was kind of a, like, uh, an aside thing. Somebody brought up an, an interesting thing. They're just like, oh, if you have a problem dodging flashes, just turn your monitor off, five head. <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me of the, the time when CD Projekt Red for Cyberpunk, one of the many issues at launch of the game was that they had a sequence for this, like, VR thing that you do in Cyberpunk, like, in the game. And for whatever reason, their animators like actually directly copied the sequence of flashing white uh, lights that is used by doctors to introduce epileptic seizures in patients in like controlled environments. Why they thought that was appropriate to do, I don't know. That's, like there was some. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> yeah, so there was like a reporter who's like, "Yeah, I'm epileptic," and like I had to look away immediately because I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I know <laughs> so what this is. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I was just thinking, obviously, this would probably be considered yeah. not, not legal. But, like, what if I just had a hotkey that just turned my monitor black? Ooh. And so it's like, ah, shit, there's a flash. Well, I'm not going to turn away. I'm just going to hit, call it caps lock. My monitor goes black. I hit caps lock again. My vision's back on. And pew, pew, pew. And then I don't have to fucking dodge flashes. Isn't that well, the exact same fucking them. thing? No, because I'm bad at dodging flashes. But if your monitor is off, you're seeing literally as much as you're seeing when the flash goes off. I think what you're missing is that if you get full flashed in game, that's going to affect you from between like one to two seconds, depending on the flash. If you turn your monitor back on, you're still going to be flashed. I'm not saying use the button on my monitor. I'm saying have a software that just makes screen go black. And then when I hit it, it makes screen go not black. 
Yeah, with Chase, how does that help you? It, anyway? it literally it doesn't help you at all. I am mechanically bad at turning away from flashes. But it doesn't Dude, matter. It, it, turning away. I'm really, I'm does, really fucking good at panic pressing a button. You don't understand that this is not helping you turn away from flashes. You're still full flashed. Yeah, you're still having no, no, the no, full no, effect because, of the flash. Because I can just like I can pop it for the instance that the flash goes. No, off, but then, then you're still it, fucking flashed. That doesn't yes, matter. What you don't understand is that even you, as a human being, are not flashed. Your character in game is full flashed, so your character in game still no, cannot no, no, no. see. So if you can't see you, you being flashed, if you turn your monitor back on, you're still going to see a white screen because you're fucking flashed. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Now, now I see where my my mental breakdown was. Oh my god! It's okay, like the dog equivalent of hiding their head under pillows, being yeah. like, "Ah, oh, they can't see me." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I now realize the stupidity of my ways. Yeah, peekaboo, <laughs> Cass. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a great note to end the podcast on. I think that was incredible. Okay, so what if I have a macro that just makes my character one eighty? Okay, and and with that, and with that, um, we'll see you guys next time and drink with you later. <laughs>